Welcome to San Diego Magazine's Happy Half Hour. This is our fun food and drink focused podcast that we do every week talking about restaurants and bars and great things to eat and drink in San Diego. Uh, welcome everybody. I'm Erin Chambersmith with San Diego Magazine. I'm joined as always by my wonderful co-host Troy Johnson. Happy holidays, Troy. Happy holidays. Troy, okay. I'm looking at blintzes. I'm looking at smoked uh, salmon and caviar. This is, I, I like the holidays. Yes. <laughs> and, I, and our job does not suck. It does not. Especially not today. The gang's all here. Archana Ram is here. She is an editor at the magazine and she does a ton of work to produce this podcast. Uh, she focuses a lot on food and travel writing. Hey, Archie, how's it going? It's going really well with my sparkling rosé. Oh, I'm telling you. Wait till you hear what we're eating and drinking right now. We have amazing guests in the studio. In the studio. In the in conference the studio. room. In this room. In this conference room. In our conference room <laughs> in our office. We're recording uh, it in my apartment. <laughs> uh, we have David Martin, as always, making us sound good and, and hanging out with the computer and the wires over there. Call David if you'd like to sponsor this podcast. We, we love a sponsor. David sings for a metal band. He does. Mm-hmm. A rah-rah band. Rah-rah. <laughs> he says. He says it's rah-rah music. Less raw now. Some some raw. Less Barely raw. Any raw. Barely any raw even anymore. It used to be more, when I met David, he's like, yeah, it's a rah-rah band. David sings for air supply. <laughs> um, and we are thrilled to have a wonderful special guest. We have the guys behind Miho Gastro Truck and Miho Catering with us, Juan Miron and Kevin Ho. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and um, can you just can you just tell us what you brought for us today? So we try to make the the podcast as much like happy hour as we can. We call it the happy half hour. So we do eat and drink, and we encourage our guests to bring mm. us snacks. Okay. <laughs> We're shameless. This is we are uh, shameless. We're shameless. We're I always like, throw a, a little note at the bottom. We welcome any snacks, but this is above and beyond. No. Dear Hudson Valley Foie Gras, yeah, <laughs> we would like to invite you to our podcast. <laughs> so when we saw the invite and we saw about the snacks. Uh, one of our favorite things is to eat and drink well, and no better excuse than on a Monday and sharing like all the information that we're going to talk about. But um, it's the holidays, and it's the mm. best time to kind of please yourself or spoil yourself, and especially at a holiday party, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, caviar and smoked salmon and salmon roe. No, and, and they brought things. it like on like a beautiful wood tray. Well, that's, that's part of the biggest oh. thing about entertaining or being a host is you need to have those special items that really like bring you can't just put it on a paper plate no 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 disposable no i mean look at these knives are like they have like a pearl it looks like a like an opal or something on the end of the knife and like little bellinis on a little beautiful plate we got the the pearl spoon for the caviar we have the shaved egg the bellinis toast creme fraiche capers and then the bottle of J-Brut Rosé. And I, beautiful thinking, coupe glasses even. Like we literally used to bring so out plastic glasses. It's oh, just like, I thought ugh. that's how it, you do it every Monday. Sure, mm-hmm. sure, I'm, sure. Yeah, and I'm just thinking about my cabinet at home with all of my plateware. I suck. <laughs> you <laughs> have, you have it though. You have it. You just don't bust I know. it out. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. You've inspired me. Yeah. yeah. And I'm noticing some local goods. I see Norden goods. Is that? Yes, so that? we did a Norden dinner, uh, Norden uh, supper style dinner about a month ago, which They're is fantastic. They're based in Encinitas? They're based in North County, yep. And uh, every guest got to take home a Norden candle. So then uh, last night at home, we washed all the ones that we had, and then we used it as that. Nice. And that has the capers in it that I just put on top yeah. of the the little blini thing with the caviar and the creme fraiche. I would like to invite all of San Diego Dead our next podcast taping. Oh my god! Right. No, 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 <laughs> that's less for us. Too. Oh yeah, Keep that's it. true. That's true. You're uninvited. They're tiny little jars. Um, 
Well, welcome and thank you so much for feeding us so well. We're already so happy and this is going to be a fun one. Um, in case you haven't listened to the podcast, we talk about new restaurants um, up at the top of the show and then we'll go into a couple of hot topics. This week is a special. We're going to talk about holiday stuff, just really good holiday stuff to eat and drink around San Diego and some of our, our favorite local traditions. And then um, we will talk in depth with our friends from Mijo Gastro Truck and talk about all the things they have going on. Much, much, much more than a food truck. Like, and how hard is it to actually run a food truck um, of which they've evolved into an entire catering business you know it's it's been a it's it's not an easy road it's a long road and there's a lot of road which means there's a lot of gas involved and everything else yes we'll hear all about that cooking in a truck coming Mm up um and then we also we end our show with personal recommendations about what we're eating and drinking so um archana take it away tell us what is new in san diego lately so you have to say so long to Carnitas and Carmel Valley and hello to Mendocino Farms. Um, they're the LA-based sandwichery, as I like to say, and um, they've opened up in that Carmel Valley spot once occupied by, by Carnitas Snack Shack. Um, they do elevated gourmet sandwiches, really good quality bread, really good quality ingredients. Um, they're planning to open another location elsewhere in San Diego that's coming down the pipeline. But this is big. If you've had the sandwiches in L.A., you must be pretty excited for this one. I've been to Mendocino Farms um, up in L.A., and they do make amazing, great gourmet sandwiches. I mean, this is a husband and wife team that's behind it. In fact, she was one of the original investors, and he was the creator of it, oh. and he married his investor. You know, probably not a good um, thing to do normally, but it worked out for them. <laughs> Kevin um, just said so smart. So smart. <laughs> so smart. Well, you just your points just you know doubled right there, or you know your dividends just grew right. There, Absolutely. So. Well, yes. In you know common property in the state of California. So yes, exactly. Yeah. So Unless I mean, there was a prenup. Sorry, we're getting too technical. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love yeah, it. But it's a great place. And Carnita Snack Shack. Uh, God bless Hannes and, and his wife Sarah. They are a fantastic little joint. Obviously, everybody knows them from North Park. They do pork belly out of a window. He was at the former three star chef that opened up a tiny little place. He does great work. But that spot never was meant to work for a snack shack. You know, it's in a right. mall. It didn't. Well, really and in Carmel make, Valley, let's just say it, it didn't it's make not sense. A big market for fried pork. I don't e- exactly. Think. Well, and here's here's the thing about Medicina Farms, though, and they've got one of the one of their um, investors is the CEO of Whole Foods. And Interesting. They he got they got advice where they said, look, don't open up in a hip area. Don't open up in a hip little spot. You know, open up in suburbia because suburbia is so underfed, underserved. You know, for good food. You know, I mean, and those suburbs in San Diego have deep pockets. Let me just say. Well, it's funny because like right next to that, like in the same strip as that Carnitas was urban plates Mm -hmm. or something, which I Mm -hmm. thought was a misnomer because it should have just been suburban plates. (laughs) (laughs) I I was like, I see you, but no. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, is urban plates gone? Or is it still there? Oh, no, it's oh, still, still there. there. Still oh, there. yeah. Well, it would just That's really, the tender greens knockoff, man. Those which, people need a tender greens. Which is really interesting because it's going to be a very similar um, concept. I mean, it, you know, Mendocino Farms kind of has that, you know, like fast, casual, gourmet aspect to it. So, I mean, look, at the end of the day, if you live in Carmel Valley, your life has been bad for a long time. In terms of <laughs> but I don't it's, think so. I think you have getting, a pretty rad life. It's getting, oh, yeah, your, your life actually is much more wealthy than mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's getting better in terms of food. And Mendocino will, will be a good addition for sure. Cool. Cool. Okay, what else you got, Archie? Um, over in Bird Rock, love Bird Rock, um, is wheat and water. I've seen this, you know, 
under construction for a long time, and it's finally open. Um, Wheat and Water does wood fire pizzas. They have a great meatball play, lots of good meat centric plates over there. But the the crux of what they do is pizza, um, and it's near a great little wine shop that Troy has discovered. Yeah, so here's there's a wine shop that I'm doing a post on right now, and I, I didn't didn't even realize that we had this kind of wine um, talent in San Diego. But one of the um, is a winemaker in Bird Rock, and the name of the place is LJ Crafted Wines. He's a fourth-generation South African um, winemaker. Mm-hmm. He resuscitated one of the most famous wines in South Amer- in, in South Africa, and it's an old wine that was written about by Dickens and everything else. Huh. And so he finally sold all of his holdings in South Africa, and one of the last wines that he made just got named number 10 in Wine Spectator's um, Top 100 Wines. What? In, yeah, of, of the year. And now he lives in La Jolla now and has a wine shop? he lives in La Jolla. And he just came up with a new system where you can drink, you can serve wine directly out of the barrel. It's he created this, it's patent pending kind of wine thief thing. So you can actually drink it directly out of the barrel without it getting too oxygenated and ruined. It's like a big Cuvinet. Yeah, a Corvon, right? It's like, what gas is he using? Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think they're actually using any gas. Oh, it just, it's, it's a vacuum? It's kind of a vacuum. Oh. It's a pump, and he's got a patent pending. So huh. this is LJ Crafted Wines in La Jolla. And they're doing, they're using one of the first female winemakers in Napa is actually making their wines, and they're buying the best grapes. She's making the wines for them, wow. and then they're serving them out of barrels. Check this is out. Is this in, Lo- in Bird Rock area? It's in or- Bird Rock. It's on that, that main it. stretch yeah. of Bird Rock. Uh-huh. So we've, this is something that Aaron Meanley and I have talked about many times in doing a story about in San Diego Magazine is that we have this like crazy influx of people. Or not, I guess it's not an influx. That's an, that's not the right word. But a lot of people come here. I feel like they do like some crazy, amazing thing like make a top 10 wine in South Africa. And they all come here to like enjoy their life. And we get all these amazing people, not necessarily because they want to come and do their thing here, but they've done it. And then they're like, now where do I want to go enjoy this? And, and live. And live. It's like Bill Gates bought a horse ranch here. He's like, I did my... Microsoft. I, I'm a, a major philanthropist. Bill Where who? am I going to come <laughs> and ride my horses? So they buy their horse ranch here. It's like this guy comes to just like enjoy his life. You said his kid got married to someone who lives here or something like that. His kid went to USD. I find that yeah. fascinating about our market. I don't think we fully thought that figured that out about our little city though. It's like you, you have these hidden come. gems of people, yeah, that have yeah. amazing track records, and then they're like, okay, now I, I, I don't want to create a track record. I just want to live in the Hoya. I just want to. <laughs> I want to sleep on the track. Yeah, yeah you know, that's it. Well, what a cool story. Okay, check SanDiegoMagazine.com. Troy's I'm working on a post about that that wine place now and that guy. Um, and check SanDiegoMagazine.com for all the stuff that we're going to talk about today. Archana puts up a really detailed post with lots of links in it. Every time we finish a podcast, you can find information about all this. One more hot plate I see on here. Something about Dunkin' Donuts. They're going to open up 14 San Diego locations in the next eight years. Like, How what? Did, whoa. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Donut. That's aggressive. That's a lot of donuts. Um, as restaurant tourists, what do you think about this, guys? Uh, that's like an East Coast thing, so I'm not really, really aware of you know the quality. I, I mean, Mick Cafe is shaking in their boots in here. But uh, uh, I'll bet. I heard your debate about uh, Shake Shack, though, and I'm excited because I've never had Shake Shack. Oh my god, so it's I'm so looking, good. I'm, I'm so ready to s- <laughs> enter that debate. Oh, we are gonna do a burger tasting. <gasps> oh, we are. Shake Shack that's versus good. Egg. Let's do that. Oh, oh, somebody call us it. and sponsor that, please. Pay for that, <laughs> so we can make that really rad. Yeah. So okay. it, and this and Dunkin' Donuts. I guess everybody loves their coffee. I mean, the coffee it, is right? very good. As an East Coast person, I will tell you, like I just have so many. Fun 
fond memories. David is also giving me a thumbs up. He's from Vermont, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm from New Jersey, and this was very much a part of my childhood. My parents, growing up, always got the coffee. We would always get a big dozen donuts on the weekends. I mean... It, does it really hold up? In, I mean, is one, the coffee look, actually really good, or is it just more like it's very nostalgic I think it's nostalgic. It's good, it too, but now I have like Dark yeah, Horse, it, and I'm like a coffee snob, so I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't say it's good now, but it's like, it is for fast food you know, I would say the coffee is good. Yeah, I think you're right, right Juan. I think it's most, mostly like the slinky of coffee. Yeah. You know what okay, I mean? It's like retro. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've spoken like a West Coaster. I'm like, I, think, West Coaster. I think for all of our East Coast friends in our city who come make our city more fabulous and bring us all of our culture and our whatever, yeah. I think it's a comfort thing and I welcome it for you. I want you to feel comfortable in our city because I never want Archana to leave us. I'm, I want Archana to going. stay here forever. <laughs> I could not live without Archana. <laughs> so oh anything that keeps so her happy and in the and city, I take donuts. it. I, I'm here for good. It's yes. official. No, but the first one's going to be coming to National City, and that's going to be the a, city's. They have a huge, huge billboard off the 805. They do. It's, oh, yeah, it's massive. I haven't seen that. It's, it's a coming. Big, big sign. And okay. it's already. It was already at Camp Pendleton, and it's and and then you know I think it was last year, the year before it opened up at the Embassy Suites downtown. But yeah. those are sort of like part and parcel with something else. Mm-hmm. So the National City one will be like the official first one. I actually see Archana driving on the 805 past that billboard, and then she'll get off and drive by it again. <laughs> Just my heart goes a flutter a little bit. I actually don't love it that much. I think it's just like because I moved here and I didn't know anyone and I didn't have a job. It's just like any little bit of my like upbringing that can come here just makes me feel good. It's your your whoopee. You know? your whoopee. Whoopee. That's what those brands like do bl- good, though. The blankie. Like, it's yes. the colors, it's the smells, yeah. it's the lighting. Mm-hmm. You know, Juan uh, worked for Starbucks for a long time, and um, he tells me about all the little things they do in yeah. terms of culture. And uh-huh. um, you know exactly where you are. You yes. walk into In and Out with your eyes closed, you and blindfolded. You know where you are. Yeah. That's what they do really, really well. well Experiential. Yeah. I can say that when I moved to New York right after college, I got there and I was like, "What the hell? Like this is a crazy place." And I always and meanly and I have talked about this before too that if there was like a Rubio's or something there, I would have been mm-hmm. like, I it would have been a little mecca. I would have gone there at lunch and been like, "Oh, okay." Like it would have yeah. been a little coming home or something. No matter how confused and scared and mugged I may be, I could get a fish taco. <laughs> oh, don't give me the white sauce. <laughs> I get it. I get it. And if it keeps Archie happy. Come on, Dunkin' Donuts. Open one in Hillcrest. Is there one for Hillcrest? There isn't one yet. Maybe okay. coming. Okay. Of 14, I hope one of them. Thanks, Archana. Um, everybody remember, you can get more hot plates at SanDiegoMagazine.com all month long. Troy keeps a blog updated with um, newsy stuff throughout the month. And then Archana also edits a column in San Diego Magazine called Hot Plates. So check your issue that you have, hopefully right on your coffee table. And if you're not subscribed... Go to our website and subscribe. Or in um, your bathroom. Whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Wherever you'd like to read yep, it. We exactly. do not discriminate. Um, okay, moving on to hot, to- hot topics. Um, we are going to talk about holiday foods in San Diego. We just figured we'd do everybody a service. So you, hope you, hopefully you don't waste your money you know, buying crap this holiday season. We want you to buy, <laughs> eat and drink good stuff. And so yep. we're going to make recommendations for you. Um, and I know, Troy, you have quite a list, right? I do. And we don't like to go too long on the podcast. So we're no. going to try to... So we'll do less commentary during the segment than normal. Okay, I'm going to run through these. All right, yeah, get, get, go. A, get, get a pen do and a paper ready. Uh, I'm going to have a Bellini while you do that. Okay, do that. Caviar, okay, so, so first of all, Wine Vault. Wine Vault's one of my favorite places in San Diego because they have such a, a clandestine, um, low-rent location, and they're able to put all of their money into food and wine. They have a 10-course flavors of Christmas menu for like $57. 
10 courses with wine pairings, $57. Yeah, and I, I, wine? Yes, exactly. So Wine wine Vault. Look up their their Flavors of Christmas um, dinner menu. Also, Biche, one of my favorite Italian restaurants downtown. I love Mario Casaneri. He's a great great Italian chef from, from I believe he's from Milan. Um, they're doing a white truffle throughout the holidays. They have like risotto, beef taglia, beef taglia. Uh, wait, wait, I'm going to say that right this time. I can't even see because my glasses are, are foggy. <laughs> um, they've got Basically, they've got white Alba truffles all season long. You can go there and add truffles to anything you do. Herb and Eatery in... Um, Little Italy. Little North Italy. Little Italy. This is Brian mm-hmm. Malarkey's place. They're doing an ancient grain white cheddar crumbled Dutch hand pie. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 wait. Repeat that. Repeat mm-hmm. that. Ancient grain white cheddar crumbled Dutch mouth pie. Wow. It's actually Hampire, but mouth pie sounds good too. <laughs> um, so, anyways, th- mm. that's that. Curious Fork in Solana Beach. I love this place. They do um, vegan and vegetarian stuff. It's over in Solana Beach. It's kind of underserved too, but these guys are doing great work. They do a holiday eggnog, eggnog latte, and they're doing a chocolate ginger cake. Um, one of my favorite um, bakeries in downtown, Le Parfait. Mm-hmm. Um, Addison, one of the best restaurants in the United States, uses their bread. Yeah, they, they love I didn't know that. They yeah. usually parfait bread. Yeah. So they're doing huh. a traditional bouche de Noël, which is a Christmas log. It's a classic kind of French, you know, holiday dessert. And they're also doing a croquembouche. Croquem- and those are both good if you like, got to bring something to someone's house, right? Exactly. Order one from them. Yeah. Croquembouche is basically the ancient Egyptian pyramids made of profiteroles, you know, <laughs> are, are, are made of cream puffs. It's also the know? bane of all the TV chefs. I feel like all those Food Network shows, they're always like, you get to the last level and they're like, make a croquembouche. And uh, people are like, <laughs> oh, I can do it. It's like the downfall. <laughs> okay. And one of my favorites, uh, you know, in terms of, of drinks is that um, Cowboy Star and one of my favorite steakhouses, probably my favorite steakhouse in San Diego, because totally. it's it's indie. They they they're creative. They are doing a um, traditional glog, you know, a, a Christmas glog, and they are serving it in a brass gnome container glass. It's amazing. Um, Gar Flood, the bartender down there, is one best of my bartender in San Diego. He is amazing. So go down there, get yourself a brass glog gnome. That's it. I'm done. And tell Garth we sent you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I have just decidedly less fancy ones. Do you have any? What do you love, Archana, at the holidays in San Diego? How many holidays have you had here? I've had two. Okay. So what, what, do, you, what do you love? What do you recommend? I go to El Indio and eat lots of tacos, but mm. I see the line of people waiting for masa to make their tamales. Oh, so I can't say I partake, but this, I see. That is a classic San Diego tradition, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Go get I just masa. stumbled upon a classic tradition because I just went to go get my chicken tacos. Go get there. masa from oh, El Indio. Mm-hmm. To, yeah. I mean, so, you, and they sell it for, I think, bags of $10, $15. Yeah. You can also get masa for, um, you know, from uh, Northgate Gonzalez in San mm-hmm. Diego, one That's of the best market. Mexican markets. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get them there. They do like 99 cents a pound for fresh masa. So, yeah. Nice. How about you guys? Any holiday favorite? Any holiday, holiday? traditions for you traditions guys? Traditions in San Diego? Anything They're special? They're both backing away from the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my family like fluctuates between like traditional Western kind of like holidays and then doing just like all out Chinese meal. So I'm having Juan over tonight and we're going to do uh, Chinese hot pot. So that's Ooh. like, it's just like, oh, you know, nice. communal eating. So it's like. Nabimono? Like uh, that's Japanese, actually. Yeah. yeah. So just like yeah. like Mongolian hot pot. Mongolian hot pot. Nice. nice. I love it. Best Mongolian hot pot in San Diego. What do you think? 
um, my house or, uh, <laughs> I mean, like Little Sheep, you can get everything there and they yeah. do like the all you can, but like, I don't know, it's really hard for me to eat Asian in San Diego. It's, it's mostly like with my parents because I try to eat responsibly and I cheat, but like, you know, it's hard. I try not to eat uh, like commodity meat. So. Now, here's the biggest problem for me with, with Convoy and Asian food in San Diego in general. I love those mom and pops and I love like Yumiya and all those you know, Convoy spots, mm-hmm. but I don't know where they're getting their meat. And for somebody that studies food, it's important for me to buy like sustainably, ethically treated animals, that sort of thing. And I don't know that our Asian they're, community... They're not doing it. I yeah. mean, you can try to substitute like I'll eat, like there's good vegetarian pho, but there's not good vegetarian ramen. So like okay. I'll cheat and eat ramen. You yeah. know what I mean? Okay. So like you just have to pick and choose. And I, I think that in reality, like that's the that's a responsible way to do it. I mean, yep. you can't live, you know, only in a little, little, little box. But um, that's my call out to San Diego's Asian community, though, is to, to start buying, you know, raise your prices and buy ethically, you know, sustained meat. It's not going to happen. I was going to say, that's not. a really yeah, tough but look, convoy, I mean, I, 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 mean, I eat really there, you know, like, it, it is tough. Yeah, but uh, no, no, it's no, just it's not, not going to happen. happen. Yeah. All right. Okay, so just really quick, um, you guys go online to SanDiegoMagazine.com if you want to hear Troy and Archana and um, our friends at Miho Catering Company's recommendations for holiday stuff. We'll link to all those. And we've already been chatting with you the whole time, but we'd like to formally welcome you to the guest segment. Um, Our friends Juan and Kevin from Miho Catering Company. Thank you guys for coming to the podcast today. Thanks for having us. And everybody knows Miho because they created an amazing gastro truck. It was one of the first food. Was it Uh, one of the the third one? Was it really the third food truck in San Diego? Wow. Oh, I totally we launched in uh, June of 2010. Yeah. June of 2010. Okay. Got it. So, and you guys came out of the Linkery, which is a now, you know, closed restaurant in San Diego, and that's now Waypoint Tavern. It was over in North Park. And You guys um, met there, right? Yeah, we met there. I love it. So, what were you both doing at Linkery? And I'm sure a lot of our foodie listeners remember Linkery. If you don't, it was one of the pioneers of farm-to-table, mm-hmm. locally conscious eating food thing. Jay Porter was totally a thing in the food scene yeah, here and I mean, was a pioneer. So, you yeah. guys met there. So, uh... Kevin started working there before I did, and we okay. met there. I started working there in 2008. I uh, wow. just stopped working for Starbucks after eight years, and then I was a customer there, and I put in an application, and I just wanted to dive into the whole food scene, learn about beer, learn about wine, and I couldn't think of a better place. And then Jay and Michael, who, who Jay is the owner, and Michael, the general manager, saw my application, and uh, they kind of convinced the manager to hire me because they believed in me, which was probably one of the best things that could have happened to me just because I learned a lot about food and this was before the whole farm to table scene where we were I became a farm liaison we would go uh, Kevin and I would take trips to Santa Monica Farmer's Market fill up uh, Jay's Honda Element and bring back like Uh. 10 flats of like heirloom tomatoes uh, peaches everything that was in season so like on your LinkedIn it said farm liaison yeah Oh my wait, god! That you would, was just his, so wait, cool. His Honda Element—that's not his like Honda a truck. <laughs> 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 and uh, we would take uh, trips together, and uh, so that's where we met. Okay. And at the same time, we we began hosting these underground uh, supper clubs uh, yeah. every quarter, where it would be a seven-hour experience of you come to our home. And there would be like a special keg from a brewer that, you know, we met the linkery and he would hook us up with a keg. And then there would be like this spread of meat and cheese. And then that sounds vaguely illegal. 
It is, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. The statute of limitations. And I then, think. Uh, yeah. 2008. And then we're going to like a four or five course dinner, and then followed by like an after party. So it was. Don't freak out the guests, man. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. Um, but it was uh, the best way for us to have a creative outlet, yeah. and uh, eventually we uh, we realized that we wanted to do something on our own, mm-hmm. and we found out about the whole food truck scene. Uh, happening in other cities so we decided to really oh, dive in 100% it. and then we launched so we're not going to go down a wormhole because we could forever I mean we could talk about all of these guests I mean I have a zillion questions for you already but like I have to know did you buy the truck or did you make the truck or did you did you and was it $100,000 yeah like how does that work how do you get a truck and what no, do you do no we bought a with? really really old 1984 like just junker for like $15,000 like twenty five. Oh yeah, so it was like uh, it was just like real, like real jalopy. But we just uh-huh. put a bunch of love into it, aftermarket stuff. Yeah, and just like you know, rolled it down the street, and it was just your like your run of the mill roach coach. And we just went out there, and we were making everything from scratch. So that was like like your diff- ketchup and your mayonnaise and everything. your sauces, yeah. all that. And stuff. then we went to like all the commissaries, like Moody's, and they like laughed at us, like in our face. We're like, you guys are crazy. What are you doing? And so we just stuck with it, and eventually. We found our own headquarters, created our own commissary, which I think is one of the biggest differences between us and other trucks. And so we had our own because we we were actually making the food, so we couldn't make it all. So on the truck. for our listeners yeah. that maybe don't know the idea of a commissary, that's the idea that you had a kitchen somewhere where you did make sauces and bread and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So you weren't doing all that in the truck in the moment when I order a sandwich. You didn't go bake the bread that moment. You yeah. have a commissary. All the trucks off-site. have to like they legally have to be at a place where they house house the trucks clean them and then replenish them and everything like that. But um, they're not really making the food. And so that was kind of where we set ourselves apart. Um, but then, yeah, we evolved and we grew and, and the food truck scene uh, changed over time and mm-hmm. pretty quickly, actually. And and so... Well, here's we, what I want to... That's what yeah, I want to yeah. ask you about. I mean, a food truck... I mean, everybody thought, I mean, God, I'm just going to get a food truck. It's going to be... Are they kind of a cheaper barrier for entry for me? I don't have to get a brick and mortar. I don't have to, you know, get a huge lease and spend so much money on kitchen equipment and everything else. People thought it was a silver bullet to so food. thought it was. But how hard is it, really? It's really hard. I mean, it's the same as any industry. Um, there's no golden ticket. There's definitely... Uh, it's like you said, lower barrier to entry. And that's yeah. kind of how Juan and I, you know, were able to um, get started, right? Yeah. But, um, so that is true. But um, it's, there's no, you know, there's no uh, guaranteed, you know, success in anything you do, like, you know, doesn't even, you know, restaurants or any industry. And so some, there's good ones, there's not so good ones. And then, you know, only the strong survive. So it's really no different than like restaurants. Why doesn't San Diego have something like Austin where they have like established food pods where like, you know, mobile vendors are set up all year round? Well, San Diego is a really conservative town. And so like when you look at it from a municipal point of view, like if you look at the municipal code and like what the city wants to promote, that's what will that's what will succeed, right? So like if you look at the municipal code, like literally in writing for breweries, every time they amend it, they have to write a note, right? And so if you look at it for breweries and tasting rooms, there's like 50 amendments because they made it so that you can have a tasting room anywhere, mm-hmm. behind a church, in front of a school, next to mm-hmm. another restaurant, because they wanted it to succeed here in San Diego. It became a thing and yeah. the, the elected is, people became interested Yeah, in which it. is great because it's great for local economy, it's great for jobs yeah. and we all love beer. But they didn't do the same for food trucks. They right? didn't, okay. yes. Uh, yeah. they and didn't. that was a fight. I remember the downtown thing and the parking space mm-hmm. thing and the empty lot thing, especially in the gas lamp. Everyone thought that the late night thing would be the boon. 
And then I know you guys got some weekly stations, you know, like in North Park and Adams Avenue and things like that. I mean, it was a tough go. I remember it was like, I feel like there was an opportunity for it to become a thing because the the market was there. The yeah. people were there. Don't you feel like you had a market for it? Yeah, we had a lot of demand. Right. Just the, the opportunities weren't there. They're were very right. limited. So we just stuck mm-hmm. to the Monday through Friday feeding, uh, you know, corporate Right. Yeah. Somebody I, I, Qualcomm hires you to come up and do their thing or something and I, yeah. like and I, that. I will yeah. say this, and I'm not saying this because you guys are sitting right here. I mean, I've had your food it's multiple good. times. Well, you recommended us to one of your friends I did. once for his uh, child's birthday party. Child's birthday yeah, party. Yeah, yep. you were there. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I, everybody who calls me and says, you know, like, what, what's the best oh, yeah. food truck that I can have come to my party? I'm like, Mio. I'm like, I don't know if you can afford them because they're actually really good. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, but, <laughs> but, if you, but if you can, you should because it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys have kind of moved out of the, the food truck, you know, world. You, you have now have um, event catering is really what you're focusing on. Yeah, it's our 100% focus. Okay. That's all yeah. we do. So the food truck now is, is mostly just a, a travelable kitchen. Yeah. So before we used to be uh, a food truck that catered. Now we're a catering company that has a food truck if you want that experience. I got it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and we always had a demand for catering since we started, but it was smaller things. It was like uh, wedding rehearsals or something. Mm-hmm. like backyard party. And then eventually the demand increased and then in 2013 we decided to focus 100% on catering so yeah. we stopped selling on the streets yep. and uh, we started growing and uh, we started by doing one event on a Saturday and then next year like two events and then three events and now we're at the point where we can do five events on one day. Tell me about your high-end stuff. You got a, you have a high-end, high-end one-of-a-kind tailored experience too, right? Yeah. Uh, that's called the Vetted Table. Okay. Um, so the Vetted Table was launched in at the same time, kind of around 2012, 2013, because we needed to create these two different experiences for people because they wanted us to cater their wedding, but they also wanted uh, gastro truck prices. So it was really hard for people to kind of cre- see this two different brands, two different experiences, two mm-hmm. different menus, two different price points. Yeah. Uh, so we created the vetted table, but then the vetted table was like very high-end, very full-service um, and then eventually people started gravitating more to store Miho Catering. Okay. And then they're like, no, like I want... So Miho Catering uh, has three different styles of menu. You have the gastro truck menu, which is your casual comfort food of fried chicken and biscuit sandwich or a pulled pork sandwich or a grass-fed beef burger with you know the sides that would accompany it like truffle parm fries. No microwavable burritos? No. Okay. <laughs> but we do have a taquisa menu which is kind of like the same thing. So okay. If you want that, yeah. uh, so that's all focused around uh, tacos. You know, uh, we love eating tacos and a, a lot of the food that we eat resembles what we personally enjoy. Yeah. Um, Creatively, and so you have the takisa menu that uh, is this very uh, full-scale experience of having tacos right in front of you, and they're in these Mexican cazuelas. Uh, we have servers. We have a great uh, staff that both back of house and front of house, and then we have another menu called the fork and knife menu, which is more of what you would like for. Uh, a wedding, so, a fork and knife. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. it's food that you actually need with a fork and knife. Yeah. It's not casual comfort like eating right. standing up. And uh, I have that, five th- knives on my hand. <laughs> Those are the majority of That's the fancy. ones that we we do. So we okay. do a lot of family style and a lot uh-huh. of plated uh, events now. 85% weddings, but we do a lot of corporate events as well. And, and you have a separate cocktail brand. Sorry, really, Barcelona, no. right? Yeah. Where yeah. you can just do cocktails. Like you could have someone come and making fancy cocktails at any kind of event for Yeah, you. so uh, we have this great collaboration with Nick over at uh, Sycamore Den. Okay. And uh, we Sycamore launched... Sycamore Den, great craft cocktail brand. Yeah, great craft cocktails. Yeah. And we launched that oh, uh, 
at the beginning of uh, 2000, at the end of 2014, and we have this amazing relationship with him, and we were able to do these great craft cocktails, but that you would get at a bar, but you get them at a wedding, you get them at your backyard, you get it at a holiday party, and you know we're doing fresh ingredients. Uh, we have uh, a list of natural wines on that we're focusing on, so we're not doing like the basic, um, you know, list that you can find anywhere. Exactly, like J. Lore. No. No, not Jay Lore. Okay, yeah. Right? <laughs> you can get Joel Gott, though. Okay, there you go. Fantastic. Yeah. In, in, in terms of... I love it. What, what one thing needs to change in San Diego in terms of being, you guys actually coming from one, being one of the first at food trucks? And what does need to change for food trucks to be a, a viable business um, enterprise in San Diego? Or has that ship sailed? Are we done? Are we done? No, I mean, it's a niche market, you know, and so I think people, like, the city needs to embrace it, right? And Like so, in PB, there should just be a permanent thing where if you're at the beach, yeah. you can walk up and get some really good yeah. organic juice, hippy-dippy San Diego mm-hmm. food, like, at the beach. Like, that should be a thing. Rubio yeah. should have one, and you guys should have yeah. I mean, that should be, like, why don't we have that in PB? That's, like, a no-brainer. The lot, You know, the, the permanent lots would help because, yeah, those are, you know, fixed right. locations where people know they can go any day of the week. That's mm-hmm. key because the, the gatherings that you see in San Diego are just like weekly they're transient and you guys can't make um, money doing that no it's really it's hard. like the people yeah. love to go on Tuesdays in normal heights for 45 minutes and buy yeah. one hamburger but like that doesn't support anybody's yeah. business and the commissaries don't really lend themselves to like high quality food either mm-hmm. and so I think that's the next thing is like through the health department to get a commissary permit is really really challenging so it's huh. more it's more bureaucratic things I think okay. people I think people like it I think people embrace it yep. and they like the, they, they appreciate the experience other brick and mortars obviously there is a little bit of that competition there but you're going to find that with anything. So you need to find ways to navigate that. But um, yeah, I think it had, it's kind of 15 minutes and you know, I think it's, it's just a niche. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, like, make it work if you can. Good yeah. Or use it Good as a, use it to build a brand and then, you know, get yeah. to know a customer clientele and hopefully be sophisticated. Like you guys stay in touch with those people age with them and, you know, as their incomes age and as their status in life ages, you, you found customers and you've, kept those customers kind of with you as they have children and Absolutely. as they get married yeah. and as yeah. they work in corporate I settings. I think that's a really good point. I think you brand. evolve. Like, you know, right. when you're, when you do a food truck, you realize like there's so more that so much more that you're capable of, like from totally. service wise, culinary wise. And so it's kind of like a stepping stone. So yes, I think that's really true. If you look at really successful people in other cities, they evolve. Yeah. I've, 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 we, yeah. We have, Blintzes and caviar and smoked salmon. And coupe glasses and like coupe sparkling glasses, rose. Yeah. You, oh, evolved, I so thought yeah. it was coupe, but it's coupe. I learned so many things on the podcast. I love it. Um, Juan Miron and Kevin Ho from Miho Catering Company. Thank you guys so much for coming and teaching us all this stuff and telling us your story you. and bringing us your wonderful food. Thank you. Know, and we stay around because we would need some suggestions for you guys too. Yeah, so we have um we we the podcast is almost over. We end with our own personal recommendations of what we've been eating and drinking lately and then what we love. Um and then we're out. So thanks everybody for listening. Stay tuned a couple more minutes and visit sandingomagazine.com to find out about all this stuff. Okay. Troy, two people, fifty bucks. Two Where people. Where are you going? Well, ask somebody else. Okay. I have something. Oh, you have one. Okay. The Flower Child, which just opened up oh, in Delmar. I heard about this. Really delicious. I saw everybody over the weekend on Instagram. Uh, our people, but other people too. Yeah. We're going there. Yeah, they have sort this? of had the. Well, now they're open, but when I went, it was sort of this soft opening. Where in Del Mar? It's in the Flower Hill Promenade. So in that's the old how fancy Archana is. She gets invited to the soft opening. Well, it's part of my family. job. Thanks. Again, it, our jobs do go. not suck. Literally <laughs> before everybody else, they're like, Archana, taste the sandwich. So, <laughs> and Flower Child is kind of the, what the casual or offshoot of True Food, right? Right, oh, right. So, so yeah, it's from um, Fox Restaurant Group. They do True Food Kitchen, and so they have a couple locations in. They have Santa Monica and Austin. 
Austin, and so now they're in Del Mar, and they do, you know, really healthy, healthy, high-quality ingredients. Not just vegetarian. There's meat on the menu, like grass-fed steak mm-hmm. and chicken and all that kind of stuff. But I had a really lovely um, Thai cashew quinoa. Oh, my God. It was so good. And my thing is... I like spice, but a lot of times I go to, you know, regular restaurants and spice doesn't mean the same thing to other people, but this was spicy. I loved it. Well, and especially mm, yeah. chain restaurants, I find this because yeah. they have to serve so many different de- demographics. They have uh-huh. to please, you know, the middle ground, period. Yeah. So the I mean, they're like, like the hey, rock. this is spicy. And they're like, there's a little too much. There's a tiny That's why I was surprised. I was like, are all are people going to be okay with this? It's actually like kind of got a kick. Even I had to have some water after that. But it was delicious. Really flavorful. Really good. Like you just felt clean after eating that. Yeah. But they also have really good cookies and brownies, I must say. And, and here's what I'll say about that restaurant group too, because I'm, I'm really chain averse. I'd be quite honest with you. I don't like chain restaurants. But um, True Food is a great um, concept because they hired Michael Stebner, who was a San Diego chef that started Region, which was almost the first farm to table restaurant. Do you remember Region? Oh, Region was amazing. He was really like the first like bistro. It was even before Jay. Yeah, Yeah, bistro in San Diego that did farm to table and that kind of inspired Jay and Jay Jay Porter of the Linkery. It was in Hillcrest. Mm -hmm. You know, said, you know, that was my inspiration. You know, so they hired Michael Stebner. He's since gone, but they also have a San Diego chef as their executive chef, Nathan Nathan Coulon. Mm -hmm. You know, so I mean, they do a really good job. Yeah, very cool. I love it. Okay, good recommendation. How about you guys? Where would you recommend people go? 50 bucks to spend, two people. Where would you go? One place that I always rec- I always mention in conversation and it seems like people haven't picked up on is Little Lion in Sunset Cliffs. Oh, just a cute, Troy loves that just, place. It's a really so cute good. little cafe right on the cliff. So Local gals. my wife and I go for a walk along cliffs, have brunch there, and it's family-owned, really, really it's simple food, like proper Brunch portion. And that goes right into what I was saying about Nathan Kulan. Yeah. Nathan Kulan is their cousin. The mm-hmm. Kulan sisters own this. I left three blocks and away. And if you have, if you've ever got a cake from Michelle Kulan in La Jolla, uh-huh. and if you ever ate the Belgian Lion when you were seven, and, and it was you a made, special occasion, it's that same family. Yeah, you made, you made a great point in terms of you know it's right at, right at the edge of Ocean Beach where it turns into Sunset Cliffs. So you can go there, eat outside on their little pad. <laughs> they have two tables on the yeah. patio. You know, it's it's a tiny little restaurant. You go in there, and then you walk walk down and walk along the cliffs, and the, your morning mm. is just made. Yeah, it's like San Diego at its best. Yeah. Remember that random time when Nathan Kulan worked at that fancy restaurant at the bottom of the Andaz Hotel? What was it called the before? Quarter Kitchen? Was yes, it quarter? remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. That was a weird era. Oh, you could do like a coffee a table book era. of what's been at the bottom of the Andaz yes. Hotel. It was, and it, right? it, it, it was like, Oh, remember that? And at one time, it was Nathan Kulan who's like a true food. It's so it's funny to think back point. to that. I love it. Um, okay. We are going to, we're almost done, you guys, with the podcast today. I'm going to give you a little bit of liquid courage to leave you with. It's called Craft Towns. If you need a last minute gift in San Diego, these guys, they do a craft beer delivery service in San Diego. So you can, you know, go onto their website and figure out who, what kind of beer you want delivered to who. Give that as a gift. It's a great um, idea for that. And you can also visit SanDiegoMagazine.com. Bruce, our beer guy, he writes about a lot of great beer content and he's always got a blog post up new every week for you. So... That's it. We're done. Happy holidays, everyone. Miho. Thanks, guys. I love you. Thank you, Miho Catering Company. You guys are awesome. Thanks for coming. Come back again. I feel like we we just, it was like tip of the iceberg, kind of. We could have talked forever. We could talk forever. We could. Um, Okay, happy holidays, you guys. We'll see you in the new year. We've got a bunch of great stuff coming up. We already have our podcast all planned out. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And including Drunk Uncle at Christmas. (laughs) Have a good one, Drunk Uncle. (laughs) 